The collision of common sense and comedy. This is Defenders Live. When are we going to actually put an end to this gun violence? I mean, people have been talking about it forever and you know, all of these mass shootings that have been going on lately, I, 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 it's time to put an end to this. It's time to ban guns. It's time to get rid of this, this scourge on humanity that does nothing but end life. I mean, when people are, can't even go out into public, they cannot go out into public without worrying about somebody committing some mass shooting Father or mother, child, sister, brother, mother, they can't they can't go out into public. You gotta be worried about being killed. And now you have to worry about being killed <sighs> hunting. And killed by not just a gun, but by animals now. A man died after a dog stepped on a rifle and shot him from the rear of a truck in Kansas. When are we going to end this? When will the murder and the pain stop? The victim, who has not been named by police, was found in the front passenger seat having been struck by a bullet in the back, emergency services were called and the 30-year-old was given CPR but could not be saved and died at the scene near Gueda Springs. Wellington Fire Department Chief Tim Hay said another person was found unharmed in the driver's seat. Officials added that the accident appears to have been hunting-related with supplies found in the back of the vehicle. Quote, A canine belonging to the owner of the pickup truck stepped on a rifle, causing the weapon to discharge. That is according to Sumner County Sheriff's Office in a statement to local media. The fired round struck the passenger who died of his injuries on scene. The investigation is ongoing. But the preliminary investigation shows it to be a hunting-related accident, end quote. When will the violence end? When will the death end? When is enough enough? When a dog is going to kill someone with a gun on a hunting trip? The owner of the truck and the dog is not immediately clear and an investigation is taking place. So just so you fully understand the situation, two people in a truck with a dog and a gun and hunting supplies are in the woods. The dog steps on the gun, 
killing the person through the cab in the back as he steps on the gun and it discharges. And the other person is unharmed and nobody thinks anything. I. When does it end? When do we end this pain? Another life taken the hand of a gun. I, I, they don't list it here in the uh, in this article, but I would imagine it was probably some sort of an assault weapon. Another life taken, and this time by a dog with a gun. Just goes to show that you know the old adage of a good person with a gun stops a bad person with a gun. Well. How do you adapt that adage now when it's a dog with a gun? It's sad. It's tragic. And there are those of you that are sitting out here listening to this who are smirking, who are laughing, who are finding this a bit funny. How dare you? How dare you laugh? As, as, as the, the world has now steeped into a spot where even the canine among us, quote-unquote, man's best friend, is out shooting people in the back. And you laugh. How dare you? How dare you? It's just tragic. And this needs to be given the full respect that it deserves. Just so we're clear. I mean, I, I'm, I'm appalled. I'm, I'm heartbroken. This poor family is now without a relative because dog decided to shoot the man in the back. And it wasn't even his dog. Like that's the thing. Like this this just goes to show how devious this whole situation is. This poor man shot in the back by by someone else's dog in someone else's truck. If the guns were banned, we wouldn't have this problem. So our hearts and thoughts and prayers go out to the family of this victim. so upset this tears me up I don't know and now for something completely different so tonight's show is not or this show is I say tonight today whenever the hell you're listening to this is not exactly going to be a fun one it's not going to be happy it's not going to be jovial it's it's mm, mm. I frequent the Twitters as I mentioned last week a lot. And there's a lot of things that, that, that disturb me on there. Um, but you kind of learn a lot about people and about things. Um, I've always known that the bigger companies of things, I, I say bigger companies, hell, there's pretty much all there is. 
you know, when you start talking about uh, the big businesses, Amazon and like Target and places like that, there's all these big name, multi-billion dollar companies. We all know that they give money to things that personally I don't agree with. They give them to, you know, support ideals that I do not stand with. We've known this, and it's been a really hard thing to do because you you kind of have to, to a degree. Unless you completely isolate yourself from everything, you're pretty much going to have to, in some way or another, give these companies money so you can have whatever services, their product that they offer, and you just kind of have to go, well, out of sight, out of mind. So, I was scrolling through the Twitters, and I came across this article from News Life that bothers me to no end. The actress known as Milana Vinatrub, Vinatrub, whatever, she's the face of AT&T. If anybody, you know, any of the, you need to know that the, the commercials for AT&T, the lady who's always talking and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. She was talking to the Daily Beast and described uh, aborting her unborn baby as a, quote, beautifully boring experience, unquote. Now, I, unfortunately... I'm paying AT&T for phone service. And I knew, again, as I mentioned earlier, that they put money into things that they don't agree with. And I even knew that to a degree, they help support Planned Parenthood and abortion. But I was able to kind of compartmentalize it. I'm not going to lie. I, I, They have fairly decent service, albeit rather kind of on the expensive end. It's It's... The you know decent service across the board. It just it was the best at the time for what you pay for. And I just again compartmentalized it, let it go. But then I see this article, and now I cannot watch any commercial. I by the way I don't have regular TV as most people do. I, everything I have is streaming. So you will occasionally have the streaming. We'll all have. Some little commercial here or there, um, especially like HBO Max. They love the AT&Ts, and uh, that's all I see is, is AT&T commercials. And now that having read this article and s- now put a face to this, it I, I, I literally feel sick to my stomach. I, I can't stand it. It 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 drives me completely insane. I it sucks because again, it's a service that I kind of need. I need a phone service. Now I understand that there's other companies that could be used, you know, help play a Patriot Mobile, from what I hear. Um, 
is somebody to consider. Now, just like every other alternative to the bigger companies, the advantage that these bigger companies have is obviously they have longevity, they have money, they have you know better supplies, they have uh, they can produce this stuff at a at a much better at a better scale, you know. And some of these lower companies, you know, they don't have the time to, or haven't had the the time and service to be able to have, you know, perfected their craft, I guess is a, a good way of putting it. And so I've been a little bit gun shy about places like Patriot Mobile and things like that, even though, you know, I know people who use it and have had no complaints. It's one of those that you still kind of, uh, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the person who, if, there was, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. That's that's who I am. And so my my thought process is if I get with somebody like Patriot Mobile or somebody else, I'm going to be the one guy that has the difficulties that's going to have, you know, end up leaving a bad taste in my mouth. I don't know. I just... But from the Daily Beast, she goes into a very lengthy description of of her abortion story, uh, the the her having you know finally given birth later on. It's and it's a very long one. I would go through the whole thing, but. There's nothing glowing about any of it. She quotes in here, uh, quote, for me, birth was bearable because I had chosen it. This is referring to the one child she didn't kill. This was technically her second child. My baby arrived slimy, half covered in his own poop, and heavy as a bowling ball. I don't know if she's been bowling recently, but usually eight pounds is about the smallest you're going to get as a bowling ball. Um, and that's usually about the average. If you have anything over nine, ten pounds, it's considered a big baby. As the nurse placed his little, loud body on my chest, I remembered why I was there and why I'd gone through all this. I remembered that this is what I had chosen to do. I wanted to create a family. I knew that this was the first of many generous sacrifices I would make in my son's life. I could only manage the nausea, pain, and expenses, financial and emotional, or emotional, sorry, of pregnancy because I wanted a child, now that I've experienced a full-term pregnancy and given birth, I find myself thinking about how imprisoning it would be to go through this if I didn't choose it. If I was forced into it because laws didn't give me any other option. Unfortunately, terrifyingly, this isn't some far-off dystopian thought experiment in 2021 alone, 600 abortion restrictions were introduced across the country. 90 were enacted into law. That's more than any year since Roe v. Wade was decided in 1973. And right now, the Supreme Court is deliberating a case that could overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, 
just so we're clear, this was done uh, February of 2022. Just I just want to clear that up. Obviously, all this has been done. Uh, Roe v. Wade is theoretical. It wasn't overturned. It was sent back to the states to decide. <laughs> I just did. <sighs> Quote, all of us with a uterus may soon be stripped of the constitutional right to an abortion. Forced pregnancy and birth sounds medieval as medieval as secret unsafe abortions. And yet here we are. Ten years ago, I was pregnant for the first time. I was living in an apartment I could barely afford with my first boyfriend out of college. We were doing whatever to get by. I was taking random babysitting jobs, working in a smoothie shop, and performing improv at a tiny L.A. theater as often as anyone would allow me on stage. I accidentally missed a day or two of my birth control, and my period was late. So I did what countless women have done since the pioneer times. I bought a two-pack pregnancy test. Um. Um, this just for a moment, I didn't realize that the pioneers had pregnancy tests in two pack, no less. I heard it was only the one pack. I, I was under the impression that the two pack pregnancy tests, um, is more of a recent thing only happened after, um, you know, around the turn of the century, you know, after the Civil War is when they decided that they needed to have the two-pack, not the one-pack. I, I was mistaken. She goes on, I immediately knew the right thing to do was to have an abortion. There was no hand-wringing, ri- hand no confusion, no sleepless nights. I always had a strong moral compass. The kind that sets off blaring sirens and flashing red lights in my chest if I could feel... Or if I feel like I'm doing something wrong, in this case, all was silent. My compass pointed to very clearly in the direction of not bringing a child into the world that I didn't want and couldn't care for. I'm going to stop there for a moment. The only reason why anyone ever throws the could not care for part is to justify the murder of a child. The key... The truth of it is it what she started with her. I didn't want it. I didn't want it. The couldn't care for part is crap. Because there are enough government safety nets out there to help women. To help anyone take care of a child. So don't give me this, I couldn't care for it. You didn't want it. You're selfish. You're more worried about your career, your well-being, and what you wanted. Within two weeks, I had a safe procedure in my doctor's office, and it was no big deal. My abortion story is uncomplicated and straightforward, based on a decision that was all my own. I understand this is a privilege. I also understand that to access an abortion should never be a privilege. It should be a protected right. In the past decade, I've hardly thought about my abortion except 
for when I think of those who may not have access to one. Abortion restrictions disproportionately harm those already most vulnerable in our country. Here it comes, the regurgitation that you hear constantly. The poor, black, Latino, and indigenous communities to young people, immigrants, those living in poverty in rural areas. This comes as no surprise. Marginalized Americans have always been the most impacted by racist, classist, classist reproductive policies throughout history. I am haunted by the prospect that what of what we will all stand to lose. If the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, half the United States could control our personal reproductive decisions by summer. Over 36 million people could be forced to give birth. I can't read this crap anymore. I have literally spent the entire day today, today being Saturday, again, when you hear this, could be any other time. I've spent all day today arguing with people, different people on Twitter. And every one of them coming up with some kind of back-end BS to justify murdering an unborn child. And the only thing that comes to me that make the, the running theme that every single one of them throws out there is that nobody wants to take responsibility for the action. See, I my problem with abortion is the murdering of an unborn child. And everyone sits there and goes, well, I don't want it, or I, I, I wasn't ready for it, or, you know, this happened, that happened, blah, 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 blah. There are a myriad of things that you could do to prevent it at the beginning. Nobody likes to talk about those. Everybody wants to fight for the ability to murder a baby, but they don't want to fight for the ability to maybe prevent that baby from happening in the first place. First thing being abstinence. No one likes that one. Everyone hates that. You bring abstinence up in any argument, and the first thing is, oh, well, people can't do that. That's impossible. You can't, you can't expect people, especially these young kids, you can't expect them to be able to contain their hormones. Things go crazy. Yeah, God forbid we actually expect people to maintain a level of standard to control yourself. God forbid. Then the next ones are the contraceptives. There's condoms. There's the abortion. I'm not abortion. Excuse me, abortion pills. There's um, um, birth control pills. There's, there's even, I even, and I'm not thrilled, but would even concede to the day after pill. Okay, you are on birth control, you take it normally, you're doing all these precautions to try to avoid it because God knows you can't control yourself, so you have to have sex. So if you're going to do it, at least you're attempting things, you know, safely. And oops, you forgot to take the pill. It happens. We're all human. We make mistakes. We don't do stuff. We forget. It happens. You go off and do the do. Well, now you realize, oh, I didn't take my pill. There could be a chance. You immediately take that pill. If there was a... a, 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 a a conception, it stops. I'm not keen on that because to me, I believe life begins at conception. However, the fact that whether or not you knew it happened, I, I don't like it. It still bothers me, but I at least understand. And okay, fine. Because women constantly throughout the beginning or the entire run of history have had miscarriages. Some of them gotten pregnant and then miscarried and didn't even know it. 
Okay? So I, I, I will let that one go. But there's all those ways just in the beginning, just, just to start off with, to prevent it. Condoms, contraceptives. There's birth control just to prevent it. Why don't we push for that? Why don't we push for the preventative so we're not murdering unborn children so that way you don't have to be responsible for a, something that happens if you don't want it or not ready for it. But we don't do that. We're not done with this. There's more on the other side. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Defenders Live. Yeah, we're not done. We're not done. Twitter and everything else has pissed me off to absolutely no end. We're nowhere near done. I am not happy about this. I'm not happy about... Abortion is one of the... Abortion is probably one of my biggest pet peeves of the BS going on today. The the willful murdering of an unborn child and all because you as a woman and only women can get pregnant. That's a whole other conversation we can all argue about later. But a woman who sits there and gets pregnant and then gleefully Goes and has it killed. And all under these excuses. Well, it's my choice. Well, it's it's it, it, it's a it's a danger. I actually I had somebody today argue with me trying to say that a fetus, and now, even though later they they admitted that, you know, the baby has no consciousness of its own, is not aware of its existence, blah, 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 blah. Um had the nerve to say that it was a danger to the mother, similar to a virus that needs to be eradicated. And the part that gets me about all of this is the amount of people who profess to be of faith, and mainly of the Christian faith, because I I can speak on that, (laughs) because I are one, or at least I espouse to be one. It could be a whole lot better, but again, discussion for another time. But the thing that kills me is the amount of so-called Christians that are out there who are supporting this. It's, it's, It's incredible to me. Now, I'm not a big 
Taylor Swift fan. I'm not a Swifty, as they call it. I I, I kind of liked her when she very first started out, made a break on the scene where she was doing country music, where she was genuine, where she was pure, when she was original, where it was... She was a decent human being, I think, then. And I think that money, fame, everything else, I think just like any, just like the risk of it all, it just corrupted her. Taylor Swift claims to be a Christian and yet is very active in supporting abortion. In a new Netflix documentary about her life, Miss Americana Swift insisted that she is a Christian, even though she promotes political causes that go against Christian teachings. That is according to CNB News. Celebrity has been increasingly vocal about her political beliefs over the past years. In August, she told The Guardian that she supports legalized abortion. Quote, obviously, I am pro-choice, end quote. A year earlier, she endorsed Democrat Phil Bredson in Tennessee Senate race against the Republican Marsha Blackburn. Marsha Blackburn is very pro-life, in case you weren't aware or don't live in the Tennessees. Blackburn won anyway and continues to be a strong voice for life in the Senate. In the documentary, Swift talked about the moment she decided to become more vocal politically. I think we all kind of remember about that point. According to CNB, or CBN, I'm sorry, One clip of the film shows Swift trying to explain what led her to speak out on her political beliefs, particularly her endorsement of Democrat Phil Bredson in the 2018 Senate race against pro-life Republican Marsha Blackburn. Quote, this was a situation where, from a humanity perspective and from what my moral compass was telling me to do, y'all keep saying in referring to a moral compass. You know, the thing about compasses (laughs) is they, they can be defective. You understand that? Like it can be messed up. You have to align and maintain and, 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 and calibrate your compass. So what are you calibrating it to? As a Christian, you, you should be calibrating it to the Word of God. You should be calibrating it to what God says, not to what society says, because the Bible doesn't change. It is solid. It is there. It doesn't adjust. Whereas society and people around you and decisions and everything else, that can ebb and flow Anyway, continuing on, quote, uh, she was from her moral compass was telling her what needed to be done. I knew I was right and I really don't care about repercussions. The excerpt depicts Swift arguing with her parents and publicists over whether to post social media messages regarding her entry into politics and the backlash it may cause. Quote, it's a really it's really basic human rights and it's right and wrong at this point and I can't see another commercial see Marsha Blackburn disguising these policies behind the words Tennessee Christian values. This is what she said on the Netflix special. 
Quote, those aren't Tennessee Christian values. I live in Tennessee. I'm a Christian. That's not what we stand for, end quote. Now, I'm pretty sure, again, being one, that nowhere in the Bible does it condone murder. You don't get to kill for no reason. That was actually part of of the argument, or of an argument that was given today when I was talking with somebody on the Twitters about, uh, you know, what is murder and, 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 you know, justifying it and everything else. I said, well, let's, let's define murder, shall we? Just for a minute. Damn it. Sorry, hit the wrong button. <laughs> murder. In case you were wondering... And I'm going to read that this is this is straight up from the 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 thing you go into Google, type in, define murder, all definitions, blah blah blah. As a noun, unlawful premeditated killing of one human being by another. As a verb, third person, blah blah blah, kill someone unlawfully and with premeditation. You were unlawfully killing someone. The only lawful killing is capital punishment for actual for, for criminals. People who have murdered and raped and done heinous things. And most of the country is trying to get or has gotten rid of it. Capital punishment. Because, oh, we don't want to kill these people. We need to do it humanely. I mean... You see, you don't want to get rid of, uh, you don't want to actually take out people who are a menace to society, people who are destroying society as a whole. Rapists and murderers and, and literal horrible human beings who have done horrible, heinous things. You don't want to get rid of those because, you know, it's not nice. It's not humane to kill them. But you have no problems aborting and murdering an unborn innocent child. I think there's only 10 states, just as a clarity, the, uh, uh, the other lawful uh, apparently is um, the whole assisted suicide. Medical assisted suicide is becoming a thing. It's like 10 states, I believe, that do it. But still, that's what murder is. When you unlawfully kill someone. And the key is, it is someone as a noun, killing of one human being by another. Babies, when they are conceived, are human beings. They're not just a clump of cells. They don't come out as a toaster or a Volkswagen or a set of golf clubs. They're humans every single time. And to kill it is murder. Right there, black and white. Killing of one human being by another is murder. But nobody likes that. Nobody wants to hear that. Bible says, thou shalt not kill, which 
based off of the actual translation, is actually thou shalt not murder. So how can you claim to be a Christian and yet endorse and advocate for the murder of innocent babies? It gets better. It doesn't better. That's a lie. Uh, Saw this as well. An estimated 150 students at Westmont College in Santa Barbara walked out of a planned event on February 6th featuring Lila Rose, the president and founder of Live Action. Rose's pro-life speech encouraging students on the Christian campus to speak out and work against abortion was part of the school's chapel service, a thrice-weekly mandatory worship service by students or for students. So just so we're crystal clear, this is a Christian college supposedly upholding Christian values. They have to go to the chapel three times a week in order to be a student. And 150 students walked out. Quote, this, is, this was definitely one of the most well-attended chapels ever. That is according to a student who attended. I think most every student was there, so it would have been about 1,200 students. And then we probably had about 150 faculty, staff, spouses of staff. So my guess is there was about 1,400 people in the room, and about 150 got up and left. The walkout was pre-planned, and a social media post had been shared to invite students to join the, quote, reproductive rights walkout, end quote. The Post claimed that the walkout, quote, in response to Lila Rose's and Westmont College's blatant sexism, disregard of human or women's basic reproductive rights, anti-women and anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric and lack of empathy for human suffering, end quote. This was on a Christian college. Now, again, those of you playing the home game, 50% of all pregnancies are women. And I'm not meaning the ones carrying them. I'm talking about the babies in the womb. So how can you sit and complain and throw out things like disregard of women's basic reproductive rights, a lack of empathy for human suffering, all while trying to encourage and advocate for murder, for actual causing actual human suffering. Because an abortion is not a simple thing. It's not like, I don't know where people, what people think of when they think of an abortion. I really don't. But an abortion is not like what they do when there is capital punishment, when someone does get lethal injection, where they they put them to sleep and your heart slowly stops and then it just passes out. That's not how this goes. An abortion is a very gruesome procedure. 
parts are, are grabbed from the baby and pulled off of it. Piece by piece, it is pulled out of the be- out of the mother. And then literally, when they're all done, they set everything into a tray and they put the baby back together, or at least line it up, so they make sure they don't miss anything. Where is the empathy for that human suffering? Hmm? If it, if, it, if it was a female, how's that not anti-woman? How's that not a disregard for that little woman's basic reproductive rights? She doesn't get any. Hell, she doesn't even get a life. In addition, an email mimicking a college communication was sent out, signed by, quote, some students, end quote, criticizing Rose for things like, quote, sharing the stage at summits as she, along with a variety of other speakers or sharing a wide array of opinions, was invited to speak about the pro-life view. Here's the email. Are you ready? We believe that Miss Rose does not represent Westmont's values of love and fair discourse. The decision to host Mrs. Rose at a chapel speaking is deeply disappointing, and we feel that it will create a permanent stain on the reputation of the school. Mrs. Rose represents the kind of bad-faith conservative Christian activism that currently plagues our politics and reflects poorly on many of the followers of Christ. Mrs. Rose's entire living is seemingly made weaponizing Christianity for political gains. Quote. It just doesn't make sense to me. How is it that, that a, a Christian college, one that is supposed to be about life, literally one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not murder. You don't kill. Now, I could see abortion being okay if every other, you know, if there was a chance in pregnancy that you did give birth to, say, a toaster or a bag of golf clubs or whatever. That would be weird. I could see that. That makes sense. But this doesn't. According to the pro-life student at the start of the event, campus pastor Scott Lisey spoke briefly about why he is pro-life before Rose was introduced, took her place at the podium. And as she did, students began to leave the room. She waited for the people to leave and then spoke about the Christian call to be actively pro-life, encouraging students and staff and reminding them that the Bible is clear that abortion is wrong. And it is. It absolutely is to sit here and 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 say that it is not to to justify it under well it is a health care or that it's you know not fair for the woman to have to carry something again as I mentioned in the first part of the show there are a myriad of things that one could do to avoid getting the in uh, getting uh, uh, pregnant in the first place contraceptives out the wazoo hell this is at an age where people and i know a lot of them actually a lot of younger people are going ahead and getting tubes tied or getting vasectomies 
So they don't have to worry about that. And we're also at a point medically where a lot of those can be reversed. So if later on down the road you decide, hey, I maybe I do want to have children after all, then you can go in and get it done, get it fixed, get it taken care of. Nobody wants to take accountability for the actions that they commit. They don't want to be responsible for something. And that's the thing. That, that, a, a pregnancy by far is the most obvious uh, 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 production of, or, you know, uh, evidence of fruit of one's actions. Like it, it is the you, you can't avoid that. If you see somebody walking around with a child and it's their child, you already know right out the chute they did the dirty. You know? And if we want to be in this hypersexualized society, then why are we not doing things to be protective on the other end? Why are we so adamant? Not we. Why are there people, period, who are so adamant about killing it on the back end? There are people who take zero responsibility, knowing the risks. Again, if you have sex, there is a chance you can get pregnant. Every time you climb into bed with somebody, whether it's a random person, whether it is your significant other, whether it's your husband or wife, it doesn't matter. Every time you do that, right out the gate, you're rolling the dice. Just like you're rolling a dice when you get into a car. You're rolling the dice that when you get into that car, that you're going to be safe. You take precautions when you get into a car. You make sure the fluid levels and everything are where they're supposed to be. You make sure that there's nothing, you know, dangerous to fly off and hurt you or others. You wear your seatbelt. When you're on the road, you follow safety uh, 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 signs. You go certain speed limits. You use your blink. Well, maybe not the blinker part. Uh, <laughs> not everybody. I get yelled at for that one all the time. I don't use my blinker nine times out of ten. But that's not the point. You, you, you go through and you use. There's all these safety precautions you use when you drive. And you know what? You can follow every single one of those precautions. And still get into a car accident. You can still even die from said car accident. And we take the chance anyway. We roll those dice anyway. You don't hear people banning cars. You don't hear people losing their junk over this. Well, how? It's, it's, it's a person's right to be. No, 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 no. You get into a vehicle. You take the precautions, and yet it still happens. Just like when you have sex, the risk is still there. But we don't want to accept that. We don't want to be responsible for actions, and we damn sure don't want to be responsible for someone else. Because now, oh, I have to turn around. I have to take care of them. I can't take care of just me. I don't get to do what I want and spend my money on what I want and pursue my goals and my career and my this and that and other. Every last bit of it is is a me problem. It's a heart problem. It is all about the individual. Selfishness, period, is the driving force. It is the root of the whole argument. 
And nobody, when they do admit it, they think it's okay. It's no big deal. Where is the hope? Where is the hope? There's a, tons of people out who feel demoralized by the decay that goes on around us. This, this, this kind of stuff right here. The transgender movement, the, the way that they're treating these children, they're grooming these children, allowing them to become confused. They're just demoralized by this, this decay. And the hope is not in who governs us. Hope is not in what society does, good or bad. The hope that each of us have, especially if you're a Christian, your hope should be, your hope is in the power of God working through Christians, real Christians, not these people like Taylor Swift who it works to try to play both sides of the fence. See, we're at a point in, in, in society where it's easier to be noncommittal. We'll pick from here, we'll pick from there, we'll sit on the fence and it's fine. We have no standards. We have no line. We have no base of where we need to be. No, no, everything is, is fluid. Without standards, without something solid to anchor yourself to, you will be blown around. And I don't know there's people who probably listen to this who aren't Christian, and that's fine. I'm not, I'm not trying to be preachy. I'm talking to the people who do claim to be Christian because not for nothing, there are people who aren't Christian who can still share and believe in these same things, that murder is wrong. You don't have to be a Christian to believe that. But I'm going to argue that if you claim and profess to be a Christian, then you, are on, you have to hold yourself to that higher standard. And if you're not, then you need to take a serious look at yourself. I, I'm well, not trying to preach. This is not a, a, a about trying to get anybody to become a Christian. I'm, I'm, you want you want to know how to become a Christian? You email me, DylanLiles at gmail dot com. You want to catch me on Twitter at DylanLiles? You you, you want to know about that? Then cool, talk to me. I'll I'll handle it. But that's not what this is about. This is about something that I, I think that every human being should be able to look at and say, this is wrong. Because you know it deep down in your heart that it is wrong. It doesn't matter whether you are a Christian, whether you're Muslim, whether you're atheist, whether you're agnostic. It doesn't matter what your faith is, whether you believe in anything or nothing at all. It should not be this difficult. It should not be like this. This should be common sense. And sadly, common sense isn't common anymore. It's now just sense. And it's not even good at this point. It's rare. 
and either it is rare because it really truly is going the way of the dinosaur or it is rare because people like you and like me and everyone else who truly believe these things are not being loud enough. We are not standing. And again, doesn't matter whether you're of a Christian faith or not. If we don't start standing for what we believe in, being a voice for those who have no voice, then by God, we deserve what God gives us. Finally, moving on to something a tad different, just because nothing, nothing is, the, the, I, I say nothing. The, the, I think the staple, the one thing that I think can be pointed at uh, about, especially this year, uh, 2023, but about any of the most recent years, probably since about 2020 on, um, has been inclusivity. We always have to let everyone fit in. In everything. You have to be able to fit in. If you're not being represented, then you must be being marginalized. Apparently is how this goes. And the toy company is not changed, is not excluded from that at all. They're a big part of that. They're they're a driving force now. (sighs) And they're continuing to make ground. Barbie doll maker, Mattel is making history by introducing the first doll with scoliosis. Yes, scoliosis. It's always company's line for Barbie's little sister, Chelsea. We'll see a new addition to the feature uh, uh, curvature of the spine and a removable back brace aimed at normalizing the equipment and encouraging children to celebrate inclusion. The doll wears a five-inch pink dress and a removable green back brace, white shoes, and brown hair styled in waves. They made the doll shorter because it's supposed to be your little sister, but it's also because she has scoliosis. The average Barbie doll, in case you didn't know, is roughly 12, about a foot tall. The team at Mattel work closely with Dr. Luke Marcusen. I can never get that name. I tried. I read this three times. I still can't get it. He's a board-certified neurosurgeon specialized uh, specialist in children's complex spinal disorders who advised the designers throughout the development of the doll. Lisa McKnight, executive vice president and global head of Barbie and Dolls at Mattel, said, quote, We believe in the power of representation and are committed to creating dolls in a variety of looks so that kids can see themselves in Barbie and now in a line celebrating Barbie's little sister, Chelsea. In hopes, creating conversation, McKnight added, quote, our Chelsea line provides infinitely more ways to spark storytelling, all while providing a kid uh, with a way to develop their empathy in social processing skills through doll play. After being criticized in the past for making dolls too thin and overly sexual, companies now been creating more diverse range. Some of these have all sparked controversy. Some of the dolls included wheelchair-using dolls, plus-size, hijab-wearing, and sign-language dolls. Now, I'm confused about that last one. 
Anybody who knows anything about a Barbie doll or any doll or action figure for that point knows that their hands are made of plastic and are molded into a certain position, and that is it. I'm kind of curious as to how you can use sign language with a doll. I don't get this. Someone please explain this to me. Sign language dolls. I don't know. I <laughs> the sign language doll. <sighs> I think my music is gone. Sorry, this is mid thing. I know this is all weird and random, but it's way past time, and I don't hear anything. Yay! So anyway, come on now. Oh, wait, I hit pause. Never mind. Whoops. <laughs> this is what happens when you record live. Complete meltdown. You forget everything. It happens. <sighs> anyway, it should be balancing out in a moment. But yeah, sign language dolls. I really want to find one of these things. I don't understand how you can have a sign language doll. But I guess it's possible. I mean... I always thought, like, to me, the idea of a sign language doll is, like, the hands. Like, if you had, like, plastic hands, like the Hulk hands or something like that, that's that's what I figured it to be, but apparently not. So good on Mattel. In 2022, the company also released its first Barbie with hearing aids. Hearing aids. I... Fine, you want to, you want, if your kid is that, if you're, if you are raising your child to believe that their identity is solely in a singularity in them, i.e. if they their identity is purely of them in a wheelchair, or they're deaf, or they're plus size or hijab wearing or whatever. See, I don't know how I missed it. <laughs> it's the wrong music there, people. But um, anyway... If, if that's where your child's identity is, then we got a problem. You're raising your children wrong. That's all I'm going to say. I I don't know. But I'm going to use this music to say goodbye. Follow the show at DOAE Show on Twitter. Email at DOAE Show at Gmail. Dylan Lyles at Twitter. We will see you all later. Bye. But now it's your turn to face the fire.